can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. I literally have become the most disorganized podcast host on the planet. You do like our episode notes that we work off every week. And I sometimes look at them a minute before the end. Yeah. So I've like been planning episodes for weeks and you just rock up and you're like, oh yeah, cool. That's what we're doing today. I usually think about like, what can I say that's like going to be really gross? <laughs> that's, the, that's the extent of my plan. Well, and you usually point. nail it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know that I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so what are we talking about today then? Since you're across it. <laughs> I've just I've got it in front of me. <laughs> So in today's episode, we are talking about ear infections, Mm -hmm. then we're talking about teeth whitening with a dentist, and then of course the products that we didn't know we needed, and I haven't even filled mine out yet. If you're a GP that listens to this podcast, we actually- Can you hit us up? Can you hit us up? Because we're looking for like, you know, like call a GP when we've got personal questions about medical issues we were looking at like all the like local doctor kind of like influencers or their influential doctors Mm -hmm. on like social media and we went into such a rabbit hole we got into a bad place I know I was (laughs) like what am I doing okay listen to what this is what Joe wrote to me on Slack let me just get it why so Joe goes why do we did we go down that rabbit hole I said I have no idea she goes and we talk about our bum holes on a podcast for a living. And I was like, I know. And we were like, what are we doing? These doctors are like doing so much good in the world and we're just talking about our bum hair. I always think that. I honestly always think that. Oh, my God. Look, I hope we're improving someone's life by being here. Hopefully, hopefully. If anyone's a doctor out I. To be honest, I've had quite a few GPs message me on Instagram now that I think about it. Like about what? Oh, I think they've listened to something on the podcast. Oh, there was I thought you meant prospective husbands. No, got all women yeah. actually. Yeah. Like that okay, love the yeah. podcast. So Oh, well, surely there'll be heaps that'll hit us up. I then. think that this shout out will do the job, actually. Yeah, we'll be able to find one, I think. So look, today we're talking about ear infections from a personal point of view. Yes. Because we were wondering why we both got ear infections on holiday. Yeah. So I obviously had to look it up and do my own research. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Joanna. Yeah, Dr. Joanna is here. I have no qualifications. <laughs> um, so apparently there's a thing called airplane ear. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Okay. So this happens apparently when the air pressure in your middle ear and the air pressure in the environment don't match. So this can prevent your eardrum from vibrating normally. And then that can cause issues with regulating air pressure in your ear. So that can happen on flights. I don't think it necessarily indicates that it is linked to getting an ear infection, but according to the Mayo Clinic, an ear infection can happen when a bacteria or virus gets into the middle ear, and that's often caused from another illness like a cold or flu or allergy, and then that causes congestion and swelling in the nasal passages, throat, and some kind of tube that I cannot pronounce. So this really makes sense. 
Because I get, whenever I travel, I get tonsillitis. Yeah. I'm not, I'm prone to tonsillitis, but I'm not prone to ear infections. And I've had a pretty severe ear infection on holidays in Thailand, so of course. I. So let's hear yours first. What happened? Okay. So I was in America and I started to get a bit of a cold and I was like, oh, I'm feeling really like this just is I feel worse than I normally would when I had a cold. And I, so I got through like most of the trip and then we were flying from LA to Hawaii and I was with my ex-boyfriend and I was so sick on that flight. You just said ex-boyfriend. We've never spoken about this before. Oh, well, I'm going to tell a story now. <laughs> Sorry. <which involves> him. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. So I was in so much pain with my ears because it's a six hour flight from um, LA to Hawaii. So we're on this flight. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. I must have an ear infection because my ears were so sore. So I'm like trying not to cry. I'm on the window seat. He's in the middle aisle. And then there was this American lady on the end seat. And I was in so much pain that I had to block out the fact that this lady was hitting on my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. And I oh could my hear God. it all unfolding, but I was in so much pain that I couldn't address it. And so I'm hearing her going like, oh my God, are you a cyclist? Your calves are huge. Oh and my like, God. It was so, like, it was really funny. I would have found it so much funnier if I hadn't been in so much pain at the time, but I got to Hawaii. Did she know you were with him? I assumed so. <laughs> I think I might've had my resting bitch face on. So she didn't know you were together? Yeah. No, I don't know. But then oh, yeah, she was right. like trying to like tease something up when we got to Hawaii and I was like, wait, what the hell is oh going on? Oh my God. But anyway, we got to Hawaii. I was really sick for most of the time that I was there. Couldn't go into the beach because I obviously couldn't get um, water in my ears. So I went to the doctor and everything when I got there, but I had to go on antibiotics for it, which I'm sure you probably did as well if yours was as bad. So I was in Thailand, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Where else would you be? Where else would I be? Soon I'll be living there if my yeah. manifestations come true. <laughs> Just joking, Joe. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, look, we're recording remotely now. I don't see why we I couldn't know. do it if you were in Thailand. I imagine if you called me and I was in Thailand and you were like, it, like every time that you called me, you could hear the beach in the background. Yeah, be pretty annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I'm in Thailand and where where I where I go to the same place, but you can only get there by boat. So my ear, all of it, like it just got worse and worse, progressively got worse until I could not hear out of my ear. Mm-hmm. Literally couldn't hear anything out of it. So Isn't it weird? It makes you feel so funny, like not being able to, it, when it's so blocked and you just feel completely, like it's almost, it makes you dizzy. It was like my body was just producing so much wax. I don't know what was going uh, on. I don't, honestly, okay. <laughs> I don't know what was going on, but, but I thought it was just a blocked ear. So I ended up going back to the main island to go to a doctor. And if you've been to Copenhagen, like they've got like lots of little clinics around the island because obviously full moon party happens there. So I went back, went to a clinic, the doctor, he had a look into my ear and they had to, they, they had to flush it out. So I'm lying down and they've got like two nurses trying to flush it out. It took so long. There was they showed me, I, I can't even describe to you like what came out of that ear. Oh it was my God. just. What was it? It was, it was horrific. Like so Ooh, much I'm getting wax. tingles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was infected. Yeah. They gave me antibiotic drops. Oh, to put in the ear. To put in the ear after I'd had them flushed out. But it got, it got to that point that I couldn't hear anything anymore. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I got an ear infection apart from that time, but. Yeah. I only get them when I'm traveling. Yeah. I mean, I always get sick when I travel. 
like I'll get tonsillitis or something. When I was in Europe, I had tonsillitis. I feel like traveling just is a breeding ground for germs. Well, lucky us, we won't be traveling anytime no, no. soon. <laughs> lucky so. we're not going anywhere. So. <laughs> so lucky for us that it's over. <laughs> Apparently until, well, I actually don't know. I, I check back every day. Do you? Oh, yeah. I, I I look up when can we travel to Thailand every day. I love traveling in Australia. So I'm like as soon as the borders are open, I'm booking a week in Tasmania. So if anyone has any Tasmania recommendations of things to do, please hit me up. I would love to go and see Mona. Yeah, same. No, I've never been to Tasmania, so it's on my list. I feel like you need to do more of Australia. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to. I'm thinking WA. Yes, yes, do WA or even the NT. But I've got no one to go with. I'll be going on my own. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. (laughs) Everyone I know has boyfriends. If we could take leave together. I know, then we could. (laughs) If you do have an ear infection or suspect you have an ear infection, we don't suggest that you message Joe on Instagram yeah. <laughs> like you all do for your skincare because um, I can imagine that happening, being like yeah. sending photos to Joe, like, hey, Joe, I've got this ear infection. Can you help me? I'm a GP by default. <laughs> Someone actually messaged me on Instagram asking me if the Virtue healing oil was back in stock and I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> Did you write back saying, I'm not in customer service? I can't help you with that. I said really nicely. I was like, oh, I'm, I am I don't know. Um, just um, reach out to our customer service team. I love yeah. that people like personally message me asking me if things are back in stock. Like, I love that. <laughs> anyway, if you have, if you suspect you have an ear infection or if you have a blocked ear, please go to your GP um, or, go, or go back and listen to our earwax episode. We have another exciting earwax yeah. special coming up yep. when lockdown is fully over. So we can't wait mm-hmm. to. Um, we cannot wait. By the way, how bad have your AirPods been? Oh my God, Hannah. <laughs> oh I can't God. even tell you how bad they are. Uh, my ears are so waxy at the moment. It's Same. disgusting. Why are we like this? Is this normal? If a doctor listening can explain why <laughs> isolation has made our ears more waxy we would really appreciate why is this happening i would like to introduce dr madeline duff who is a dentist at turak fine dentistry now we know each other we've had a dnm at my sister's birthday didn't we (laughs) yes we did (laughs) a long one so thank you so much for joining us we've invited you on today to talk about teeth whitening because I recently put a story up on my Instagram and teeth whitening was by far the most requested topic. And then Hannah was like, Hey, I know this dentist. And I was like, perfect. (laughs) Done. She's coming on. So we've touched briefly on teeth whitening with Dr. D in in a very, very early episode, but we wondered if you could explain the teeth whitening process in a little more detail, like what's actually happening to our teeth when we whiten them? Yeah, so when you have whitening done professionally at a dentist, it's a little bit different to the whitening products that you buy at the supermarket or at the chemist or even the ones that you get on the internet. It's actually, you know, quite a strong chemical-based reaction. So the idea is is that it's either hydrogen peroxide or a carbamide peroxide without getting too sciencey and too technical, but it oxidizes the yellow and the staining in your teeth and brings them to the surface. So it whitens from the inside out. Um, whilst if you were looking at some of the charcoal toothpaste and things like that, they actually just remove staining on the surface. So it's more of a chemical process and a chemical reaction. The two main ways that you can do it is one, you come into the dentist and you have the whitening done in the chair. I don't know if either of you girls have ever had that done 
Yes, before. I've done it. It's Hannah the best. I've done a lot of teeth whitening. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I think once you start, it's pretty addictive once you see the results. Um, so yeah. the in-chair whitening is great for giving you that quick bam whitening result. It usually takes only about an hour and an hour and a half. The only downfall with it is it can make the teeth a little bit sensitive. Did you find that at all? Yes, yes. I yeah. did. Yeah, so we call them zingers. So it's after you've had the whitening, you get this just a bit of a zing or a bit of a shock. Oh, yes, I know that feeling. Oh, it's making me cringe. Yes. And look, it's not comfortable, but you know, beauty is pain. Uh, the actual, um, that zinging sensation, it doesn't necessarily mean anything nasty for the tooth or any damage to the tooth. Whitening is generally considered very safe. It's more so that when you're having your teeth whitened, the whitening agent actually dehydrates the tooth. So because the tooth's dehydrated, it's just telling you I'm dehydrated and it's zinging. So that's why as the tooth rehydrates over the next couple of days with your saliva, those zings go away. Right. That's very interesting. When I had mine done, which was many, many years ago, um, I had it done in the chair. It was like the most amazing result. And then I had the these molds made, which I still have and I still use to keep the results. And that's that's like worked amazingly for me. And they work really, really well. I tell all my patients, if you're going to do the in-chair whitening, definitely get definitely get the take-home trays as well. The way that the take-home trays work is it means you're in control of the whitening, which is why it's so good years after you can still use them and do the whitening at home. So you just get the whitening gel from your dentist um, and then you put a small amount in the trays, pop the trays in, leave them in for half an hour to an hour. And then if you do that consecutively over a couple of days, say you've got an event on the weekend. So if you do it earlier in the week, by the time the weekend comes, you're teeth are sort of back and lifted to that original white shade, which is really great. It, you know, um, gives you that autonomy to do it at home. The other thing that some patients prefer to do instead of having the whitening done in the chair at all is they just opt for the take-home kit. So they just get those trays straight off the bat and then we send you home and get you to do that whitening. And that's another really good way to do it because you don't get as much sensitivity and you get to keep the trays. I would so invest in some of those trays. Those trays have been the best thing. Hannah, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Where do you buy your whitening stuff from and how long do you leave it in for? Okay, so I buy them on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I leave them in overnight and my teeth are so, so sensitive the next day. Yeah. I probably, you probably don't recommend well, that at Do you know home. what's quite interesting is that if you leave the whitening gel in the tray usually after two hours the whitening chemical reaction is over so it actually won't be doing too much after the two hour point um so so, look some people put them in at night and go to sleep with them on purely just from you know the point that they think I haven't got time during my waking hours to do it I mean the only issue with leaving it in overnight is you could possibly end up swallowing more of it and if you're leaving it in for over that extra hour (laughs) um you're getting that pretty zingy sensitivity so we usually say to patients do it do it when you're awake and do it for a bit less um time but do it for more days in a row and then you'll get a better result I even did it did you see my Instagram stories before the wedding Joe? I did it like the morning of the wedding no I, I did not see that yeah I put them in for like two hours before <laughs> my sister's wedding I'm not surprised so <laughs> what are the common causes of staining or dental damage that we may not know of well I mean look there's obviously the big things there's you know red wine tea coffee that are just going to cause that staining on your teeth The other thing that a lot of people don't really realize is if you haven't had a professional clean done for a while, you actually get a buildup of this sort of hard yellow sort of minerals on your teeth. So it's called tartar. And that actually can give the appearance of staining 
And once you have that on your teeth, coffee, red wine soaks into it even more so. Um, Mm. So that's one of the things that a lot of people just go, I'm going to get whitening trays, try and whiten my teeth and just chuck the trays in. And they won't really do very much because your teeth themselves are covered by a sort of an external layer of staining. Um, So, you know, one of the best things to do is actually just get your teeth cleaned first and then start with a fresh slate. So that's one of the things that can cause staining. Look, the other thing as well is if over time your teeth can become, you know, get little cracks in them, if you've got fillings or composite. I don't know if you've heard of composite veneers. Yes, I want them. (laughs) Yeah, I I hear about it all the time. Yeah, they are excellent. But one of the downfalls is is that they can stain around the edges over time. So Mm -hmm. there's little things like that. um, And whitening may not necessarily get rid of the staining around the edges of those composites. So it's always, I think, you know, as much as buying things on Amazon is excellent, Hannah, um, it's always important, um, you know, to just make sure that you've had someone, you know, cast their eyes over your teeth and say, yeah, this will whiten. No, this won't. We need to do X, Y, Z to get you the result that you want. So on um, tooth enhancements, like would you call it an enhancement? I don't know, a composite yeah. veneer where <laughs> yes. it's something that's kind of temporary or even permanent like porcelain veneers. Can you use whitening products on that like or is it generally you don't recommend doing that look the thing is is that you can put the whitening on there go for it but it won't do anything okay yeah composite and porcelain won't whiten the only thing that will whiten is your natural tooth structure okay so if I do get it I can't use my whitening strips and that's the really big thing is once you do get your porcelain veneers or your composite veneers you're committing to that shade so we often say Mm -hmm. to people okay are you happy with the color of your teeth right now do you want your composite composite veneers matched to what you've got right now or do you want to whiten your teeth first get them to a shade that you like and then we put the composite or the veneer over the top right yeah. Okay. Well, Hannah and I both whiten our teeth at home, as we mentioned. Hannah gets her stuff off Amazon. I've been using like High Smile and Mr. Bright and brands like that. They've got like strips and then they've got the little trays with the, the light in them. Are those kind of products safe to use at home or do dentists cringe when people say that they use them? Look, I think it's more so, you know, with those over-the-counter products or, you know, the ones that you can buy on the internet, they aren't anywhere near as high a concentration or they're a completely different whitening product. So Mm -hmm. um, I guess one of the things is you never really know what you're getting if you're just getting it online. Um, So that makes me a little bit wary. But at the same time, they just don't really give the results that the whitening agent that you can get from the dentist does just because we're able to prescribe Mm -hmm. you a much higher strength than the stuff that they're legally allowed to sell online. So, you know, and some of the other things that people use, you know, I've had a lot of patients come in and they're using a charcoal whitening toothpaste Mm -hmm. or, you know, even just your regular Colgate whitening toothpaste. A lot of those are actually just abrasive. So they're kind of like a sandy texture within the toothpaste. And so people are brushing and brushing and brushing with this stuff and actually can end up wearing away their enamel because Uh it's just so hard. You know, our teeth don't like being brushed with hard toothbrushes or, you know, anything that's really gritty or sandy. So if you're trying to get those surface stains away, yes, it might lift them, but it could also wear away the enamel and once it's gone, you can't get it back. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. (laughs) The other thing as well with those whitening trays that you get online is they're not specifically fitted to your teeth. Um, You know, they're kind of like a dip in the hot water mouth guard. And so when you put the whitening gel in, because it's not sort of clicking in and locking into your teeth, like the ones that say Hannah would have, it would, the stuff tends to sort of splurge over the top onto the gums or you Mm -hmm. end up swallowing a lot of it. So if you get ones that are specifically made to your mouth, whilst they are an investment, you know, you can have them for years and they just work a lot better. I've got those molds, but I just wasn't sure if I could use them with the same product. So maybe I'll try using my my actual proper molds with the like high smile stuff. Yeah. And, you and see if it makes a difference. 
Okay. I'm going to try that. I wasn't sure if I could, but. When my mum got her teeth whitening done, she started, I go to her place and I'd see her and she'd be sitting on the couch with a a straw in a wine glass. Yes. (laughs) Like she was so paranoid about it that she would like be drinking her wine out of a straw. Oh, yeah. Does that, do people do that or is that just my crazy mother? Yes, I I do that. (laughs) Oh, you do? (laughs) So dentists do that. Yeah. So look, I think it depends. If you've been whitening your teeth, your teeth just become a little bit more porous for, you know, the first couple of days afterwards. So they're more likely to soak up stains. So if you've been doing take-home whitening, I say, you know, avoid coffee, avoid red wine, anything that would stain a white t-shirt. So spaghetti bolognese, anything like that. Avoid that for two days after you've whitened. Um, But if you want to maintain the results, you know, drinking wine through a straw, it's not a bad idea. (laughs) That is a good tip. I'm now starting to think maybe I should be drinking my tea through a straw. You could, just don't burn yourself. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'll try not to. Are there any um, dangers that are associated with teeth whitening? Are there any negative side effects? I know that when I've had teeth whitening done before, I've had like that blanching on my gums. Is that quite yes. a common side effect? Yeah. And look, that that is a side effect. Um, the, it's, you know, we call it sort of gingival irritation, but it just is where the gums just get a bit irritated, they get a bit red, um, and they can even go a little bit white where the bleach itself actually bleaches the gums. Mm-hmm. That doesn't last. It'll go away. You know, the mouth heals really quickly, but it can be uncomfortable. So that is one of the risks. The other thing as well, you know, to stop that from happening is don't overload the trays. You know, people just splurge so much of the whitening in there and you really don't need a lot per tooth. So I always say to people, it's about the size of a grain of quinoa, which is so specific, but that's just exactly (laughs) how much you need per tooth. And then it won't flow over the top of the trays. You're not wasting your whitening and then you're not getting that digital irritation anywhere near as much. Look, the other thing as well is the sensitivity. That's the thing that people sort of find the most. Um, and then, of course, you don't want to be one of those people that just over bleaches. You shouldn't be doing it, you know, yeah. every week or every month. I think, you know, four to six monthly. If you've got a special event coming in that, you know, are coming up, then by all means, you know, you can put them in for a day or so. But you don't want to be over bleaching your teeth, you know, everything in moderation. Yes, that's good. See that, Joe. that's one thing I do do is I do teeth whitening in moderation. Yes. Good for you. <laughs> I know. I'm proud of you. To be honest, it's because I forget, but yeah. usually it's like every three or four months. I did want to ask about when I do my teeth whitening for, like when I take the strips off, sometimes there'll be like whiter parts on my teeth. What is that? What, how, why does that happen? And then the next day it's like gone. Yeah. So mostly, mostly if it goes away the next day, it's that dehydration that we're talking about. So oh, okay. as the teeth get dehydrated, yep. they just get that chalky appearance. Um, the other thing is some people just naturally in their teeth have you know different colors and different textures and so if you've got sort of slightly little brown spots in your teeth and then you go to whiten your teeth those you'll see people have this sort of mottled effect on their teeth if they mm-hmm. go in and just start whitening sometimes those little mottled areas can actually end up quite chalky and stay chalky um, so that's where you know if you've got that sort of enamel, it's always worthwhile coming in and sort of seeing your dentist because there's certain pre-treatments that we can do to prevent that from happening for you. Yeah, that's another reason why it's, you know, I'm not trying to sort of spruce dentists too much here. Yeah. <laughs> that is another reason why it's good to, you know, have someone who knows what they're looking at have a look at you before you yeah. start. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that it was like hair, you know, when you go blonde and some areas are a little bit more porous and yes. like the colour picks up more in one area. That's yeah. kind of what I thought it was like. Yeah, it looked it pretty much is. Yeah. They just become more dehydrated there. And then the good thing is in most people it goes away after a couple of days. 
With the teeth sensitivity, is there anything that you can do if you're experiencing sensitivity from teeth whitening? Yeah. So I often say to people, if you're going to start doing some whitening a couple of weeks beforehand, use a sensitive toothpaste when you're brushing your teeth. So that can just sort of build up a bit of reinforcement on the teeth so they can be that little bit less sensitive. You can even use sensitive toothpaste after you've done the whitening. And the other thing that you can get is you can get, it's like a soothe gel, um, which is a desensitizing gel. So you put that in the trays for 10 minutes before you whiten your teeth and then you put the whitening in and then that can help to stop them from being so sensitive. What a good tip. Oh, where do you get that from? From your dentist. (laughs) (laughs) How much would someone expect to pay? I'm sure there's people listening to this going, okay, I get it. I'm meant to go to the dentist, but how much am I going to have to spend to get my teeth whitened? So what's like the average cost? Look, it really varies from, you know, dentist to dentist. A lot of people do deals as well in the whitening too. Um, You're looking at least a couple of hundred to get the trays made. Um, and then a bit more than that to... It's worth it. That's cheap. Yeah. And look, I've had my, my trays, I think, for about 10 years and I'm still using them. So, you know, they last a long time if you look wow. after them. Yes, yeah, so I'm worried my teeth have moved. Yeah. And look, that is the thing. If the teeth move, they don't necessarily fit anymore. But yeah, I've um, yeah kept mine in a box for 10 years and they work great. Just you know, it saves, it is an investment. Okay. Yep. All right. It's a long-term investment, guys. Go to the dentist, get your teeth whitened, and then you can maintain it at home. (laughs) Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Madeline, to talk all things teeth whitening. I'm sure everybody that requested that topic will be very satisfied with that segment. So there you go, everyone. Go to your local dentist. You can see Madeline at Turak Fine Dentistry. (laughs) That's great. Thank you so much, girls. Product we didn't know we needed, Hannah. You've got a good one today. I am looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this. I do. As we all know, I got my makeup done for my first thing that I did back out of lockdown. So a makeup artist came over. Her name's Talia and she did my makeup and she gave me all these amazing tips for minimizing the appearance of pores with makeup. Now, I just want to say that you can't get rid of your pores. You can't shrink your pores. You can't open them or close them. They're not a muscle. So you can't get rid of them, but there's some amazing products out there that can help when you're doing your makeup for a special event or for a wedding or whatever it is. It smooths out the skin to give that kind of Joanna skin-like <laughs> appearance. <laughs> is that in the dictionary now? <laughs> yeah. So instead of pore minimizing, we're going to call it Joanna-like skin. <laughs> I actually day-to-day don't give a shit about my pores. Like yeah. I don't look at them and go, I-, I don't really care. But if I have a special event on, I kind of do put a bit more effort in mm-hmm. with my makeup. So anyway, what we've done is we, Shanti, uh, who works in the marketing team, her and I, who both we both have oily skin, we, <laughs> we had such a fun time. We recorded a YouTube video about like we used, I used all the tips that Talia gave me and we kind of, we made a YouTube video and, and it has like before and afters and it has like our top products. And the hero product of that video, which I want to talk about today, was the Eat Cosmetics Bye Bye Pause. I cannot believe I haven't spoken about this before. This is a powder, yes? Yeah. So it is a translucent powder. It comes in a loose powder form or it comes in a pressed powder form. I think the pressed powder is good just for your handbag um, for touch-ups during the day. Mm-hmm. But what's it, it's basically like a pore filling powder. It really, really, really does. Like it smooths out the skin. I remember you trying this in the office just before we all went into lockdown and we went home. Yes. You tried this, I think, sitting at your desk and we had a box of the products and you're like, I'm going to try this on my face. And you used yes. it and I was like, whoa, that really does work. Yeah. 
And that was without makeup, I'm pretty sure. We did it like with nothing on because you can do it with nothing on. But anyway, go and check out the YouTube video. We'll put a link in the episode notes. And yeah, if you have oily skin and you kind of, oh, it was so funny. I remembered back in the day, I used to go to a place I will not name and I used to buy this like $15, very, very oily foundation. (laughs) This is how far I've come. It was a brand called, can you beep this out, Matthew? It's called a brand called. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was like $15 and it was like the dewiest foundation. That's unusual for that age bracket because I feel like when I was a teenager, it was all about matte. Yeah, no, this was like a very dewy skin foundation. And we, ah. we speak about this on the YouTube video about how I used to I used to put that on, no powder, no primer, oh. no skincare, nothing. <laughs> and I used to just hope for the best. Yeah. It was, it was like I'd poured oil on my face afterwards. Like it was so, so like I thought I looked good. I don't know why. But that's good that you thought you looked good. (laughs) It it only matters what you think anyway. It it totally does. But it's just interesting now with those, all of the knowledge that I've gotten from makeup artists over like the last couple of years, how different the techniques that I use now for my makeup. Like, and so anyway, this video has a four-step process for how to minimize the appearance of your pores. You know how I knew that you had been in there filming? How how did you know? Because I walked in there to film a YouTube video this week (laughs) and it was a mess. And I was like, oh, Hannah's (laughs) definitely been here. This is all over the table. I was like, this is a classic Hannah, like messy. Classic. (laughs) Imagine, I think Joe's worst nightmare would be to hot desk with me. Um, (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) She, we used to sit next to each other and I used to, like my stuff would encroach on your desk and I just could tell how frustrated you were with me. (laughs) We're just like opposites in that sense. So opposite. Now, I love this product you've chosen because I've got one on my desk right now. Yes, so do I. I've got it in my hands right now. Can you pronounce this brand name for me because it's so good at French? Compagnie de Provence. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's the, <laughs> it's the Shea hand cream by the brand that Hannah just mentioned. So this hand cream has obviously, as the name suggests, it has shea butter in it. It's also got vitamin E and vitamin C. The smell of this is just divine. Mm. I feel like it's got a little bit of floral, but also a little bit of caramel. I don't know. How would Michael Ed- Edwards, the fragrance expert, explain this? It does actually say here, you're right, Joe. Soothing floral fragrance with oh. delicate notes of white flowers over a sweet must scent. Oh, okay. So I'm a fragrance connoisseur. <laughs> you totally are. I've... It is a really beautiful hand cream. Yeah. It's really hydrating. I find it's really nice on my cuticles as well, which I struggle with with hand creams. I feel like they're not yes. that hydrating on the cuticles. If you take any photos of your hands, I always put this on first. Yes. I always put my OPI, um, <laughs> if you're sending hand pics, I don't know why you'd be doing that. <laughs> um, I always put cuticle oil and then hand cream on after I've done my manicure and it's just divine. I'm just obsessed with the smell of it. I'm going to have to repurchase this because I'm, I'm going through it pretty quickly. But anyway, that's mine. It's a hand cream. Very nice. Any memes this week? Any memes. I have, I have a couple. Do you save them for the podcast? I just save them for myself, but then they okay. come up. I have one here. So this is me. I miss traveling so much. Every night I pack up my emotional baggage and fly first class to wine country. <laughs> I thought that was cute. That is really you. <laughs> Your 30s. 
expectation, killing it in my career, owning a home, starting a family, reality. Is that a chin hair? <laughs> that sums it up, seriously. Oh, my God, that couldn't be more you. Where did you find that? Did you make that? I do not own a home. I have not started a family. And I, I actually looked in the mirror today as I was going out to buy my lunch. I had the biggest rogue chin hair and moustache hair, like oh. like one each. And I was like, they were so long and dark. I, I mean, was like. You told me the other day I had a moustache, which I do, but I don't really care. It's not. It's not um, visible to the naked eye, but it's no, there. but up close and under a very bright light. Yes, it is there. <laughs> Anywho. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.